You are listening to the Thriving Empire podcast with Stephanie Holland, episode 16. Welcome to the Thriving Empire podcast, where it's all about stabilizing the roller coaster of starting up so that you can launch your ideas with more passion, purpose, and vision. I'm your host, strategist, traveler, and coconut macaroon addict, Stephanie Holland. So let's get started. Well, hey there. How's it going? Are you having an amazing week? Oh my gosh, this is podcast 16. Like that doesn't sound like a very big number, but 16, you know what that represents? That represents four whole months of podcasting. (laughs) It's so, so cool. So I'm having an amazing week. I hope you are too. It's always a fabulous day when the sun shines. My requirements for happiness are now very, very low. All I need is the sun in the sky. So actually now I live in sunny countries, which helps a lot. (laughs) So being happy is a lot easier now. But listen, are you ready to dive deep into the third step for cultivating a failure-proof mindset? I hope your answer is yes, because that's exactly what we're doing today. What I find so interesting is how willing we can sometimes be to give up on ourselves and we don't even realize we're doing it. We sometimes don't even start a project. We don't realize that's giving up on ourselves ahead of time. We can stop halfway through projects or sometimes when we complete a product, product uh, service or project and then we don't confidently figure out how to sell and market it until we get the sales and the results that we're looking for. We can sometimes quit after the first launch After the first year, there are so many ways that we quit on ourselves, often ahead of time. And I think it's all because of one thing, because we don't consciously cultivate a failure-proof mindset. So to recap, a failure-proof mindset is one that enables us to generate, sorry, to enables us to use failure to generate momentum for our business rather than crush our spirit. And when I'm talking about failure, I'm talking about when things don't work out as you hope, expect, or plan. That's all failure is, when things don't work out as you hope, expect or plan. Now, one of the things that can fuel a sense of failure and stop us dead in our tracks, no matter how advanced we are with our projects, our ideas, or our business is criticism. So in today's episode, I want to offer you this criticism is one of your most important business building assets. So I want to encourage you to actively seek it and use it to build your business. Because here's the thing, anyway, criticism is inevitable. It's also just a rite of passage for every entrepreneur at every level and just can't be avoided. So there are three levels that I want to discuss with you today. The first level is feedback from mostly well-meaning friends and family when we start up. And often this continues during the entirety of our entrepreneurial journey. We get questions all the time like, when are you going to stop playing around and get a real job? How are you going to make money doing that? Do you make money doing that? Okay. (laughs) Are you completely mad? I get asked that a lot. And when are you going to realize that this just isn't working and get a real job? So you get variations on the theme of stop playing around, get a real job. Okay. But in truth, all of this criticism is just mental and emotional training wheels, preparing you for the criticism that the rest of the world 
will throw you away when your ideas, offers, products, and services are actually out there. So this level of criticism really gives you the chance to prepare for critical feedback from the world. Because if this level of criticism is enough to stop you from starting um, or makes you quit after you've started, then you really don't have the mental or emotional stamina to stay in the game long enough to get the results you want. That is just the truth of it. So what this level of criticism does really is give you the chance to answer the unanswered valid questions like, hmm, how am I going to make a living out of this? It really invites you to think about what you really want and why and how your business ideas will help you create the bigger picture vision you have for your life and work. Now, we talked about the importance of creating a bigger picture vision as a strategic imperative for your ideas in episode two, becoming CEO, so that you can create the right business model strategy and plan for you. So go back to episode two if you need a refresher on that. But honestly, critical feedback from family family and friends is actually a really useful mental and emotional gauntlet when you're starting out that really helps you build a strong foundation for your work. So it helps you answer those unanswered questions. It's really, really useful. The second level of criticism is the critical feedback you get when people use your first versions, the first versions of your project product, service, app, book, whatever, your MVP, which I mean your minimum viable product that you put out there to see if it works, and your prototypes, right? So this is usually during some kind of testing or beta stage, right? Or simple version that you're putting out into the world for a simple price, you know, a simple offer just to see um, if you can validate your idea before you then invest money in a fancy version and more bells and whistles where you've launched something and people are actually using it. So the criticism you get here is really useful feedback to loop into subsequent product creation and subsequent iterations of your products and services. In fact, this level of criticism is critical to your growth. So the more you co-create your offers with your ideal audience, I'm talking about when you really listen to their critical feedback to really loop it into your product creation, then eventually the more you'll sell. It's that simple. So our customers and clients, they tell us what they want all the time through their feedback, through their criticism, whether it's positive or whether it doesn't seem positive and in fact, it seems outright negative. So we just need to learn to listen and loop that into every level of the product from the sales and marketing to the product itself to the customer service post-purchase, right? So this level happens with every product or service launch and throughout the life cycle of the product and service as more and more people purchase and use it and offer you more and more feedback. It's really useful very, very cool and critical to your success. The third level of criticism I want to talk about is the criticism that comes when you've achieved a certain flow in your business and attained a certain level of commercial success. Because what happens when we throw ourselves and ideas out into the world, the wolves are waiting and (laughs) yeah, they really are waiting. They're hungry and they're ready to attack everything from our hairstyles, our body shapes, even if our business has nothing to do with our hair and body. They criticize everything from that to our motives, um, our purpose, our intention, or our business integrity. And, you know, they'd like to pull apart things that 
that they can pull apart in the name of journalism sometimes, sometimes just pure jealousy, and sometimes just indulgent trolling. And it can feel very personal. So remember, go back to episode 14, where we talked about the first step of cultivating a failure-proof mindset, which is understanding that you are not your idea. And worst case scenario, you can remember the childhood mantra, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But beyond the superficiality of the words themselves, the superficiality of the criticism, that there's a bigger invitation within that criticism to reconnect with your why. So this is what I heard from Nisha Moodley, who describes your why in two parts, which I think is absolutely beautiful. The why for you, you know, why you do it for yourself and the why for the world, the kind of impact that you want to create in the world around you with the products of your imagination. So what happens is when you're so deeply connected to your own why, your why for you, your why for the world, this kind of criticism is like water off a duck's back. Okay. It slides right off. Now, I've been passively, aggressively criticized on every level you can imagine, on the level of my business, the way that I work, what I'm doing, my products and services, but also things that have nothing to do with my business. So, you know, my three-country location-independent lifestyle has been laughed off as homelessness, but because it's the only thing I've ever wanted to be, and I consciously created it for myself, you know, over 12 years ago, and I'm loving it. I'm the one who's smiling a big, deep, soulful smile from the inside out. The thing is, when you're so happy and aligned with what you're doing, you have no time or intention to judge the choices or lives or criticism of others. You just let it go. It doesn't even phase you. And you have no time or attention to react or respond in a way that doesn't become you, in a way that isn't aligned with who you are and what you want to create. So this goes for every kind of criticism you can imagine, whether professional or personal. So think about this, reconnect with your why for you, your why for the world. Make sure you're really deeply connected to that, really aligned with that. And then nothing that anybody can say can affect you personally. So I want to give you a few tips, actually seven specific steps to help you use criticism as a business building asset. When you or the products of your imaginations, of course, when I say things like that, I mean your products and services are criticized. Step one, write it down word for word. Step two, meditate on it a little. How does it make you feel? Where in your body do you feel it? What images or ideas or memories does it bring up? Step three, ask yourself, is it true? Often when criticism stings, it can be something we fear might be true about us or our, our products. Now, if this is the case, use it as a prompt from the universe just to manage your mind and reboot your mental and emotional health with a fresh perspective. Remember, all comments, all criticism is neutral until you make it mean something. So be super careful about what you make something mean about you. Remember back to episode 14, you are not your idea and you are not who people think you are. Let it be okay for people to be wrong about you. Step four, ask yourself, is the criticism useful? Could it help you improve your product or service? Could it help you iterate a better offer? Could it help you change your business model, your plan, your strategy in a way that would help you achieve your goals better or faster or in a happier way? Could it help you become a better, more empowered version of yourself? 
Step number five, ask yourself, is this person my ideal customer and do I value what they have to say? So use it as a prompt to redefine and recommit to your ideal customer so that you can build better products and services for them. If it's not constructive feedback from the people you want to serve from your ideal customer, learn not to care. Again, focus on what, to, what you want to do, exactly who you want to serve and why. Step number six, if your answer to question number three, is it true, is no, train yourself just to be okay with people being wrong about you, your business and your offers. Stay focused on your own goals, recommit to the bigger picture of your life and work that excites the CRAP out of you. Be a thousand percent aligned with who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And final lucky nut, step number seven, use the wisdom, wisdom and insight you gain from the criticism about yourself or your business to become a better version of yourself or to create a better version of your product and service. So that's how I recommend using criticism as a business building asset. Can you see how that might be really, really helpful? So when you're first starting out, I really recommend hosting your own kind of dragon's den scenario to get your, to get constructive feedback ahead of time about your idea from people whose advice and experience you respect and admire. So I've put a Dragon's Den planning worksheet in the podcast study pack. If you have that, crack it open. If not, I'll tell you how to get it in a minute. So I did a virtual version of Dragon's Den for both of my books, right? I've written my first book, which is absolutely on purpose. And my second book is called The Freedom Philosophy. So what I did for both projects, I created an inner circle of six people that were in my target audience to give me constructive criticism for the first raw draft of each book. So I literally wrote the thing and then uh, section by section sent it to them as is. I didn't even edit it a single time. Now what this, this, this did for me, they told me exactly what they liked. They told me what they didn't like. It was kind of my version of developmental and content editing, right? They told me what they didn't like, what they wanted more of, so I could write a better second draft. And that's the draft that I sent to the copywriter. Okay. So I just did two drafts of both of my books. Now this was amazing because sharing really raw versions with people you trust, it still feels vulnerable. You still feel so exposed, but I knew that, um, uh, the, the six people would benefit from the content because they were in the target market. They were in the group of people that I knew I wanted to help. And I knew that these particular people would give me their honest opinion so that I could make a better version. So, you know, what I learned about myself through this process is that I can be someone who can ask for constructive criticism, actively seek it and use it to improve what I'm creating so that I can also learn and grow personally as well. So it was a really powerful experience both times. And it really showed me the power of trusting yourself and leaning into your vulnerabilities to build confidence. But here's the thing. I didn't ask every friend that I knew. I didn't ask my family. They weren't my target audience. So their opinion doesn't matter for this project. And actually no one in my family has even read my books. I don't even think they've bought a copy <laughs> and that's totally okay as well. I didn't write it for them. So I don't expect them to invest time reading them because I'm also really deeply passionate about focusing on what matters most to you. And if reading my book isn't of absolute thousand percent benefits to you, uh, where you are now or what you want to do, then I don't think you should read them. 
Now, listen, as we said in the, at the start of this, this section, coming back to family, these first few loving critics, who are usually friends and family, they're just a mental and emotional trial run for what the media and general public and your customers and clients might throw at you further down the line with a 100,000 times greater force, right? So with criticism ranging from anything to do with your hair and personal style to how you treat your employees and the integrity of your products and services, you're going to have to get used to it. It will come at you. Even I get so surprised even with people that I love and admire when they talk about their latest hate mail or their latest um, um, hate tweet. I just get so surprised because these people are amazing. It doesn't matter how amazing you are or how much you're helping and changing the world, you're going to be exposed to criticism and sometimes the worst kind. Now, at worst, you can just weather it, but at best, you can use it to upgrade yourself and your business. So always remember you can transform any feedback into the driving and creative force for your life and work. It really gives us the opportunity to reaffirm and recommit to our purpose regularly. Because often as well, we can get into our own groove very quickly and are often swallowed up in the drudgery of starting up, which soon becomes an endless show of admin and operations and endless emails and botched launches and no sales for, you know, certain things. And before we know it, we can actually be working out of alignment with our own why. So actually sometimes criticism can also be a great wake up call because fresh criticism and challenges prompt fresh thinking about our vision, our ideas, and our life. So we've always got to ask, is there any truth in what they're saying? One, are you too expensive for the audience you're targeting? Two, is your customer service up to scratch or is it really shoddy? Three, does your business have a negative social impact? So when you're criticized, ask yourself, remember, step number three, I think it was, is there any truth in what they're saying? And then you can fix it and build a better business. So it really might help you to innovate at your offering and create new markets as well. So if you're coasting, it really might empower you to jump out of maintenance mode and into development mode. Maybe you can t use this as an opportunity to follow new, new ideas and create new products and services. So next time someone questions a certain aspect of your idea or business, seize the opportunity to assess and readdress. Sit down and study and meditate on it. It might stimulate fresh thinking around a very real challenge and a new opportunity. It gives us the opportunity to reassess our community as well. Who we surround ourselves with and decide who we want in our close community, in our personal network, and how we communicate with them. And this is where the power of, of our community will really hold us up. Because the more attention we get from the world at large, the stronger our personal community needs to be. A supportive and open-minded community is essential when starting up. And we all need people in our lives with whom we can relate to, right? If everyone in our community is still in the same job they've had for the past five years in the corporate world, and they think we're insane for giving up our salary life, and they're jealous of our freedom and they're jealous of our local inde location independence, it's going to be pretty tough going, right? Our friends and family, they love us. Hopefully most of them do most of the time. But if they're not 110 or 1,000% supportive of your choices and of your direction, they might not be the best people to share your experiences with. They might not be the best people to ask for constructive criticism from. What you can do instead is tell them the good stuff so that they can focus on the progress you're making and save the challenges and requests for advice 
or feedback from a like-minded community of peers or even your direct clients and customers or your audience before they've even bought from you. So we're going to talk about the power of community a little later on in this season. For now, just spend more time with the people who support and inspire you in terms of your friends and family and less time with the close network of people that really don't support and inspire you. It can't be simpler than that. But for now, you have the podcast study pack and you can dive right into worksheet 3.5 to start using criticism as a business building asset and to plan your first Dragon's Den. That would be super cool. What? Again, you still don't have this podcast study pack? No worries. You can go and grab it by heading over to the show notes at stephanieholland.co forward slash 16 and using the code podcast at checkout for 50% off. You'll get a digital copy of the book, The Freedom Philosophy, the workbook that has a worksheet for every podcast episode. You'll also get the audiobook so you can listen on the go and a ton of other resources, templates, and video lessons I don't share anywhere else. Remember, criticism is your great greatest business building asset. So use it. I'll see you next week. Bye.